Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and it is Championship Monday. Woo! Let's get excited. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, today at gmail.com. RayandTayToday.com is the website. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. This is a big show. I'm telling you, Wild Card Weekend, we'll recap it, make our predictions, a little NBA, some college hoops, and we got some stuff off the field to talk about in pop culture. Ray, <clears throat> we'll get to the football, but the sad news, everyone's talking about it. We say RIP to the legendary Let's Dance David Bowie, passes away of cancer, been fighting it about 18 months, married to the model and actress Amon. Uh, he's got two kids, a daughter with her, and um, he died late last night, 69. What do you think about the great David Bowie? Got to check out his video. I watched it today, Black Star, uh, his new single. It's like 10 minutes. It's so deep, kind of like uh, futuristic predicting his uh, own passing. It's, it's, it's heavy. I mean, he knew he was going to pass on, so definitely check that out. David Bowie thoughts? What do you got for me? <clears throat> David Bowie is like Madonna in the sense that he has this magical way of reinventing himself and transforming himself. So if you look at him in the late 60s and early 70s and then roll the clock forward a decade and see him in the 80s and then even roll it forward to now, he has a way of rolling with the time and yet being his own creative self. Look, I don't think he's, I don't know, John Lennon, Mick Jagger, you know what I mean? But he's definitely... No, no, he's more in his niche, and he's a true artist. He was a true artist. That's what, you know... And his versatility and kept himself relevant and made changes to his style over four decades, I think that's really commendable, and very few people can pull it off. So kudos to him, and you know, fighting cancer for 18 months—that must not have been hard. Uh, must not have been easy. But he did release his album on his birthday on Friday, so I think that's that's a nice way to go out. It definitely is. And then on a more positive note, although I always say, man, it's sad because death seems to always come in threes. Like they tell you, we had Natalie Cole and David Bowie, and then you're like, uh oh, who else is coming? But. On the positive side, we had the Golden Globes. We did, uh, you know, talked about that on the show before, and every year we talk about the awards. And Leo finally got, you know, maybe it's leaning that he might get his Oscar. He won his uh, Best Actor. We saw Denzel get honored for Lifetime Achievement in Acting. Thought that was great. And for my favorite, Taraji P. Henson from the best show. Ray's got to watch this show. I'm going to get the audience to get you to watch it. I don't know how you don't watch Empire. There's nothing better on TV. She, the character, Cookie, she won Best Actress. I mean, it is just the hottest show since sliced bread. And you know what? It's great to see Matt Damon win. And just, you know, it, it's kind of cool because things come full circle. He was very reflective saying that, you know, hey, it's been 18 years since I was here, you know, for the first time. So I thought that was pretty cool. And um, I don't know. I think it's all about football, man. Let's get into it. We'll work our way backwards to, I guess, forwards. We'll start with the last game of the weekend. You like that? No, the Packers like that. <laughs> Give me your thoughts. I'll let you attack it first. Redskins go down, and the Packers are on to Arizona. By the time I get to Arizona, so that's rematch number one. 
They lost 38-8 three weeks ago, so they have a lot to prepare and get ready for. But in this game, they showed why they are the Packers that people are afraid of when they put it together. They ran the ball in the second half. They stayed close in the first half, and they just pulled away. The Redskins are a 9-7 and team, so take your hat off to the Redskins because they really overachieved. They had a running game yeah, nobody thought in that. the beginning of the year, but then they didn't, and then their passing game was, you know, Pierre Garçon wasn't the man that they thought he'd be after, what, two years ago he caught 114 balls, but Jordan Reed is the find of the NFL season. And he's Definitely. a Washington Redskins. So that that's night. they got to figure out what they're doing. They'll probably let Alfred Morris go, and they'll revamp the running game a little bit. But the Green Bay Packers, I'm telling you, you need to watch out for the Green Bay Packers because if Lacey and Starks can run the ball like they did in the second half, take some of the pass rush and some of the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is really – I mean, we need to start thinking about Aaron Rodgers in terms of all-time NFL quarterback. He's got to win a little bit more, though. He does. He does. But I'm just saying, in terms of skills, in terms of skills. Oh no, people already say that he's the best. He's unbelievably accurate, and you know, and this is what the receiving core that's average, really average. I mean, nobody. Oh, that first touchdown to Cobb was insane. That pass was beautiful. Balls are unbelievable. So they have a big. The young big kids would tell, the young kids would tell you on that one. Pause. <laughs> I'm gonna give you what the young kids would say. The street. Pause. The accuracy of his balls. Pause. pause. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. It's a family show. It's a family show. You know. Uh, nah. I just I just had to get the kids on you, man. That's all. <laughs> yeah. No. no but yeah, you're, but yeah. you're right. And you know what? I, just to cut you off real quick, what's in more incredible? He didn't have like a 300-yard game. This is just 210, but two touchdowns, no turnovers. And you know what? And I know this is where you're going. What you have to realize now is they got their swagger back, and I think that's what that's all you can really say and need to say about this game and sum it up. Yes, it's Lakey Star, Lacey and Starks, the defense Cobb, but more importantly, the fact that he got it to Devontae Adams and Cobb, who've been criticized a lot lately, and they, they took it on. They, you know, they were talking to Michael Irwin. They said, no, you know, we know we haven't been played our best, but them and James Jones had seven catches. I think they got their swagger back, right? Yep. I agree, and running the ball, as much as this has become a passing league, running the ball in the playoffs cannot be overestimated. It helps you in cold weather. It helps you play from ahead. It helps your defense rest. So people need to stop with this. It's all about passing because it it, it can be to score. But running you know backs what? matter. <laughs> <laughs> running backs matter. That's funny. Yes, and running, and they have two of them. And if Eddie Lacy's head is right, then Eddie Lacy and James Starks, who has a Super Bowl ring and was a big time contributor, uh, was that five years ago when they beat your Steelers? We'll talk about your Steelers in a sec. But mm-hmm. yeah, Green Bay, I'm telling you, watch out, watch out. Arizona, that thirty-eight-eight's not gonna. That's not gonna be a repeat of last. That's not night. gonna fly. No, no, you're right. And I and I say this real quick for the Redskins. You know, RG three left a note in the locker on a positive tip, and you know he's gonna be gone. They're gonna give Cousins his contract. I don't think they'll get rid of Morris. I think they'll keep the three-headed monster at backs, just because backs get hurt. Matt Jones couldn't even play in this game, but the game really changed. And I told my son this because when Deshaun Jackson. And I don't want to say he wasn't careful enough, but when he did not make sure that he got in the end zone on that play and the Packers stopped him and held him to a field goal, once he did not get in, I said, oh, here comes trouble. Because I basically told my son that it's not guaranteed they're going to score a touchdown, and they didn't. And instead of it being 9 nothing, it winds up being 5 nothing, And I think that sort of ignited and kept the Packers afloat and really, to me, changed everything in the game. And, you know, good season for the Redskins, but they just didn't have enough. And their defense needs help, and they'll get free agents and some draft picks, and next year they'll definitely be 
competitive in the NFC East, which all teams might be better next year in the NFC East. It's funny, right? So bad this year, and next year all four of them could be actually pretty darn good. So let's go to the early game on Sunday. Are you shaking? Are you still you – know, the best thing Minus on Sunday? six. Ray, ouch. First but outdoor you playoff admit. game since 1976 <laughs> when they went, and went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Raiders. But, it but was what was the best thing about that? Game of all time. The man who coached that game came out in the short sleeves and the golf shirt. Bud Grant at 88 for the coin that toss was, was like, so, I got this. Gave the commissioner his great. jacket. That was gangster right there, ladies that was and gentlemen. Gangster. Like, that was exactly gangster. <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, you know, after that, they're supposed to win that game after that because uh, that was dope. I was like, go ahead, Bud Grant. Oh, you know man. what? Let me take a stab at this one first. I'll say this, right? The Seahawks, they're lucky that they won, but – it's not just Blair Walsh, right? Cam Chancellor, clutch and getting the fumble from Peterson. Um, Russell Wilson, just always in the zone, clutch, picking up the ball, throwing it down the field to lock it. That was an amazing play that not too many other guys are going to make. And, you know, whatever you want to say, they just find a way to – to make these clutch plays. Look at their last three playoff games. This one, the Packers and the Super Bowl. I mean, they are just in close games with drama, and usually they win them. They didn't win the Super Bowl. But this team, you've got to knock them out. They're not going to really just lay down for anybody. You're going to earn any victory you get over the Seahawks. And I think the Vikings, I, I told you, this guy, man, and he was under Marvin Lewis, and he finally got his job, and he's proven Zimmer is the man. He's a great coach, great young talent. Teddy B did, you know, adequate, but he needs help. And this team is, is headed in the right direction. They are going to be – I think they can be a playoff team again next year. I think that, you know, they had some injuries. They weren't totally healthy, and they're going to be – they're solid. I think he's done a great job, and that defense is talented with Joseph Barr, you know, the guys on the back end, Harrison Smith. Kyle Rudolph only showed up for the pass interference on the last catch of the game. Oh, so he's, he's got to sort of figure it two out. two fantasy leagues. Don't even talk to me about him. He shouldn't I even know, be mentioned. It, it, but I'll say this. Shame on the fans. And I'm glad some of the players and coaches in the league have stepped up to defend Blair Walsh. Shame on any fan that's talking ignorant about his family. You could say, hey, that we should get another kicker. You could say, boo, you suck. But don't. Don't, you know, people on so Twitter and Instagram threatening his life and talking about the family, that's got to stop. Fans are just, they're fanatical, but it's, it's just ignorant. So I feel bad for the Vikings. I do. But you know what? The Seahawks are moving on. And sometimes in the playoffs, it's just what? Survive and advance like March Madness. So and I you give them you, credit. You know who needs to get credit for this is Pete Carroll. Because he teaches <clears throat> that tackling, creating turnovers. Oh, great tacklers, yeah. And Adrian Peterson led the league in rushing, best running back maybe of this whole generation, tough oh, guy, yeah. doesn't fumble that much, and yet running out the game, we'll talk about another big fumble later, but <laughs> it, it wasn't by chance. You know, sometimes a guy fumbles and they hit the ball with their helmet and at the right angle. Oh yeah, Cam it, goes to get it. Yep. No, it it was it was they practiced that right. The mm -hmm. one guy who was tackling was it Earl Thomas? I forgot who the other guy. One guy had his one arm, which left yeah. Cam to get the other arm. I mean that's that is they do that on Wednesdays and Thursdays in practice. This just doesn't happen in the cold weather, in the playoffs. This is something that you start in August and September and even in in March and in May in preseason and OTA. Pete Carroll teaches that defensive philosophy of gang tackling, creating turnovers and and it pays dividends. And it pays And they held on him Sunday. AP to 45 yards and 23 carries. 45 That's yards this game. And they played, That's remember, they got, we had a lot of rematches. And, and, and earlier in the season, they held them to like 24 yards, what, three, four weeks ago. So they I have will say this, though. No, you're right. But you got to admit to this and say this. 
hashtag pay that man. Michael Bennett is the best defensive lineman in the NFL. He's in on every play. He cannot be stopped, Ray. I mean, I don't think Bennett gets enough enough credit and enough props. He's unstoppable on that defensive line, man. I that dude, he needs to get paid. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I definitely I, he he earned my respect so much in that game. He he was just everywhere on pass plays, running plays. Michael Bennett is legitimate, legitimate, legitimate. So I told Bobby Wagner, by the way. You know, Bobby Wagner's my my my. That's my guy Second on that defense. Idol. He's no joke, man. You know. So listen, Minnesota's got a you know a day after hold up your head high, and then Seattle. And we'll talk about this on Friday. Going to Carolina, sort of revenge maybe for Carolina after last year's playoff loss. This time they're like, look, we got you at home. Seattle and Carolina, they're sort of uh, mirror images of each other. That's going to be a great game, Ray. I mean, a great football game. Woo! Yeah, that it will. Next, We love wild card weekend, but divisional weekend, it's the best. Oh, that's the best in football, yeah. The final eight teams. Everybody's kind of, you know, boom, boom, boom. You just hope these teams that have already played are going to be healthy. Did you? Well, and let's get to the Saturday games. We'll end with the Kansas City, and we'll talk about Macklin. But although I think we have a Pittsburgh, call, I don't know if he wants to listen okay. or he wants to say something. But I think this is a long-time okay. listener to the show. Got oh, I was, oh, I was listening, listening to the show. Bro. You got some He's input. Just listening. That's all right. He's checking us out. I don't have much input. It's just that you know. Luck has a lot to do with this weekend, and it's just, I mean, that's why you watch the games, right? You don't listen to, yeah. you know, the, what the spread is, or, you know, you don't read about it in the newspaper the next day. Crazy stuff happens, and whether it's, you know, whether it's Hill fumbling at the end of the game, or, I mean, any fumble, or... You know, AP fumbling or a missed field goal, it's just fun to watch. I mean, but luck has a big part of it. But you know what? If I'm a Steelers fan or I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, I take it and I run. That's right. Survive in advance. Yeah, one thing (laughs) you didn't mention, though, is the Redskins really need to have a a run defense. I mean, uh, you know, I know that Deshaun Jackson messed up and he needs to be a little bit more focused and stop trying to be cute. But if they had an average run defense, it would have been a football game. <laughs> and, it, you know, in the second half, I don't know how many yards, you know, Green Bay ran for, but they're not – 141 total, but it was a lot in the second half, yeah. In yeah, the fourth I mean, quarter I bet, especially. I bet you in the second half it was like 125 rush yards, something like that. And that's mm-hmm. not – you know, and this is, you know, this is Eddie Lacy, which, you know, fantasy owners know – Pork and beans. Yeah. yeah, it's done. Pork and beans. Year. So, <laughs> so, you know, if Green Bay can run on you that much in a half, you could argue they just didn't yeah. play off defense. I mean, and he's not running like that in Arizona. We all know that. Ooh, not with that no. defense. No, no, no. <laughs> so I, I so know that we're getting to the Saturday the game. Go ahead, do your thing. I'm just listening. No, no, no. Uh, I want to ask you something, boy. You're on the line because. You said, and it's true, right? You know, eighteen sixteen, Steelers survive. They win in advance, and you know I'm happy about that. That's my team. Um, of course. But but today, and yesterday on Twitter, you you have so many people just kind of going all in on Marvin Lewis and being crazy, and 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 I respect that. Yeah. He has to have more control. Hold on, hold on, hold over. it right there, hold it right there. Wait, wait, wait. We got breaking news. We're on the air. Apropos, Vontez Perfect, the linebacker from the Cincinnati Bengals, suspended, suspended three games next year for continual wow. behavior. Wow. Well, wow. I mean, look, That's he did it to big himself. Deal. I mean. Not yet, yeah, you know. Himself. I, you know I, this is a I guy that got kicked out of ASU. You know, I can't. He's yeah, a clown. And, you know, I but, think you can argue that it's a little too obsessive. But you know what, though? he This is self-inflicted. I mean, I, I can't feel bad for him. It's a self-inflicted wound, you know? No, no, definitely. Um, it is. It is. But, but is, let me ask you about Marvin Lewis, though, his aspect with that. Because to me, is it – 
that he doesn't have any control over them? Or could this really happen to any coach? Now, there's rumors that, you know, him and Pac-Man and the whole locker room is kind of, you know, they go over the edge, but, you know, that he doesn't have control over the locker room, right, which people could say, but, you know, Coughlin didn't bench Odell, right? Or is it that these guys kind of, you know, you want them on the edge because that's what makes them play so good because we all know if Hill doesn't fumble, Vontez Burfecht is the player player of the game and won you the game. He knocked out Ben. He had great sacks and tackles, and that interception of Landry Jones was just insane because he baited him on that. If you saw that on the replay, the kid is a beast. It's a talent. So how do you – I don't know how I put that on Marvin Lewis because it's such a fine line. You know? Yeah. I, and I be honest. Wanna, I don't want to put it on Marvin Lewis. I think that if you – look, if you don't like Marvin Lewis and you think that he should be fired, you know what? There's lots of other reasons why you should do that and not blame, you know, Burfick's behavior on Marvin Lewis, right? Now, right. I think the reason why he doesn't get fired is that they remember what the Bengals were like before Marvin Lewis got there. And, exactly. You know, and if Andy Dalton's in that game, by the way, they probably win. They probably win the game because they're. I'm not saying that Andy Dalton is, you know, damn or anything. No, but, but they he, would have had some. He was having a great of season a, of an offense. Exactly, some semblance yeah, of an offense. Having, so yeah. I, I don't put this on Marvin Lewis. I get it why people are mad at him. I would just say focus your anger on Burfick, and you know, focus your anger on Adam Jones. Because they're repeat offenders, so you can't, you know. But listen, Adam Jones is a pro bowler, right? And he had a great season, and he's turned his life around. And so to me, I, you know, forget about his Instagram rant, and then he cleaned it up and did the second one, which is really funny. I don't know if you guys have heard that. He was on, uh, they had it on Dan Levitar this morning. It was comedy to hear the difference. It's so funny. But how about this? And I'm a Steeler fan. I got to admit, the rest dropped the ball. Joey Porter shouldn't be on the field talking smack. I mean, exactly. that, that was what happened there? Ever saw it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, to me, Joey, yeah, Joey gets a penalty. And then my boy Munchak pulling, pulling hair, you know, on the sidelines yeah. earlier in the game. I mean, you know, and I'm being fair. I'm a Steeler fan. And I'm just like, Munchak was in the wrong. And then Joey Porter's in the wrong. If Joey's clearly there for Antonio Brown, he's like, is my guy okay? Either come and help him off the field and that's it. You're not there woofing out cats as a former player, cursing them out. No, it's, and then the ref shouldn't be throwing that flag. on, on um, Because honestly, if you don't have that flag, we're still kind of on the edge. It was like a 50-yard field goal, which exactly. we might have made it. We might not have. You know, no, so. no. Listen, I agree. I, all I have to say is, is that if you're Pac-Man Jones or if you're perfect, you know, people are going to got to calm down your stupidity yeah. to their advantage. Like, you know, I don't blame Joey Porter for doing that. These guys are morons, and they continue to be morons. And if I can get a penalty out of it, hey, that's that's great. You know, it comes to a point as a professional, these guys are not new in the league, right? I mean, you can argue okay, Odell Beckham has never been in this situation before and he's young and he'll mature and figure it out. But Adam Jones is like a 10-year veteran. Don't know, call him Pac-Man. Least. I won't call yeah, him Pac-Man because I, I don't want him to jack me if he, you know, if he sees me in public. No, I won't make call it, him No, no, he's peaceful. Make it rain. Make it rain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, he's a knucklehead and people know it. So, you know, you've got to be careful that people are going to use that to their advantage. So Back this is to Marvin that. Lewis, though, guys. I, you know, I hate to say this because he has no, had success, but I've said it for the past several years. This is a game where winning is so valuable and winning playoff games are so valuable. He's been the head coach since 2003. He's won the AFC North four times, but you know what? He's 0-7. In playoff game, and I'm not saying you fire him because okay. of this game, because this game okay. you get a pass. But how many, how many times do you get a pass? Right? Oh, Carson uh, Palmer blew out his knee against your your Steelers. Also, what was that? Oh, four, oh, five. True. But every mm-hmm. time there's something, and his players continue to be undisciplined, and he seems to be a, a players' coach and a disciplined guy, and yet th- this this seems to repeat itself. So. I, 
I mean, I hate to say this because, you know, I think he's a good guy and, and he's definitely a good defensive mind and he seems like a, a, a people like him, but how many chances does Marvin Lewis get before, you know, they tell him, hey, we we got to move in another direction? And, again, I, think I, he gets a I lot don't know who's better. Because... Owen Simon. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Playoffs. But it's like Andy Reid, right? You, you you get to stay around for a while. First of all, until he doesn't Andy make the playoffs. Andy Reid got five I, NFC championships and one. No, 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 no I know, but I, but but I'm saying you make it to the, you're still not winning at all, but you make it to the playoffs. You're still getting a lot of times some home money for having a home game. He's won, I think, two division titles in that time, and like you know, he's built a great team. His coordinators are getting coaching jobs. And they're going to continue to win. It's a young nucleus of a team. So to me, I don't know who I could bring in to continue it. And everything it seemed it seemed to be it seems to be working. They just need something to get over the hump. And maybe, like Hank said, it is a little bit of luck and health. I don't think he's the issue. And I think to me, you you fire Jeff Fisher before you fire this guy. I mean, yeah, at some point, five years, yeah, yeah. five years, five years in a row making the playoffs. I, I, I'm not going to get rid of you. You know what? The devil you yeah. know is better than the devil you don't. <laughs> well, Jeff Fisher is still resting on on Steve McNair's laurels, talking about if oh if, goodness, uh, of course, if your Rest boy had peace, stretched out another McNair. another two two yards, he would have won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And also remember, who are you going to replace him with? <clears throat> Some, some that's hot, the other issue. Some, no, that's some the other hot issue, right? Who's like everyone's, you know, the the new hot coordinator who's a genius and doesn't, you know. Yeah, he, Hank, Hank's know, not too happy on giving new guys chances. Not for the Miami well, Dolphins. Listen, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, wait a minute. Pittsburgh Steelers, solid organization. Yeah, solid, yeah. Um, solid in terms of scouts and drafts. Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame defensive coordinator, and a yeah. quarterback who has already been to the Super Bowl. You can pick a genius under that scenario, but the Dolphins have none of those things, and they have obviously a culture problem because of all, all the shenanigans that went on. You know, with with you know, in in the past, with you know, bullying and all kinds of stuff like that, they don't yeah. have a locker room, and they have you know, particularly a new free agent. Look, they had a new free agent that they paid a hundred million dollars, and and basically had you know, got the defensive coordinator and the coach fired. You don't pick a thirty-seven-year-old offensive genius when you don't have a structure in place, you know, throughout the organization. You pick someone with head coaching experience. Well, it, could be it could be the next Don Shula. It could be the next Don Shula. No, you know what, Hank, hey, when, you, when Hank explains it like that, Ray, I kind of agree with you in that sense because, to me, I see with what that team has where Tom Coughlin would fit in good with them because they kind of need somebody to crack the whip and look them in the eye and be like, look, I got freaking jewelry. What do you punks have? Shut up and listen. Not a, a kid at 37 saying, oh, you know, you guys, I'm on Instagram too. You know, like yeah. you, you kind of you're right in that because, sense. Because I, I reminded Peyton Manning and Jay Cutler how to play football. I mean, you know, it's it's hype. It's ridiculous. And no, we did, I, and we've done it before. Cam Cameron was a genius coordinator who never yeah. had head coaching experience. And but Mike Silver McCoy, remember I told you, Mike McCoy. But yeah. the problem is, here's the problem, Hank, though. There's no – I don't think Coughlin's the right guy. Coughlin would have been the right guy if you were 100% convinced, if he got Drew Brees, let's say, as his quarterback. I'm not 100% convinced that your boy is a winner, Ryan Tannehill. So you do need somebody, is, and, yeah. and maybe you need Adam Gase to be his his your quarterback OC, guru. Yeah. And that's fine, but you that's need fine. somebody to, so to grow Jackson. with him. Not a 70-year-old coach, a 69-year-old coach fine. who probably I, has three, four, five years left. So, right. well, First of all, Coughlin's an offensive guy, but anyway. So Hugh Jackson, you didn't even interview the guy. You didn't interview Hugh Jackson, who supposedly, you know, brought Andy Dalton from the brink and has had head coaching experience. You didn't even interview the guy. Didn't even interview him. And now the Niners, Giants, and Browns all are in love with him. Rightfully so. so but, you know, we could we go on with this. we got to continue finishing this up and get to the college football preview. So, Hank, keep on yeah, listening. Sir. 
and and thanks thanks for calling like always. I'll say this to wrap up this game and then get to Kansas City. Kudos to Todman and Tucson. Hopefully D'Angelo Brown, Sugar Baby, Brown and Big Ben play next week for the Steelers. I think they all will. Maybe not D'Angelo. He's going to see uh, Anderson, the specialist, you know, to see about his foot or whatever. But Toussaint and Todman Ray, they were amazing. And let's not forget Martavis Bryant and that catch. Can we give my man some freaking love? He, his catch was probably just as good as Antonio Holmes, Odell Beckham. The way that he caught that, flipped, planted the feet, kept the ball all the way through. I, I mean, physically, how did – how he do that? Like, that was insane, Ray. Come on, man. Give him love. He kind of made it more difficult than it needed to be, but nah. he definitely, degree oh. of difficulty was a momentum. 10, and he killed that's it. Momentum. <laughs> okay, let me that, ask you this. That's a highlight, really. Do we have a shot? Do we have a shot if we, if we don't have – if we have Antonio and Ben, but the young running backs and no brown sugar, do you think we have a shot at Denver? Absolutely. You know why? Because okay. you've played this way all season. Yeah. You've had to deal with, or for the past two seasons, you've had to deal with running back injuries and the new combination of Big Ben and Todd Haley, his three wide receivers. You found a way to go. It's funny because it's like the Bill Walsh short passing offense, like that fourth and three to your, to your boy Antonio Brown. That was like a running play. Yeah. So they know how to run the ball or use the passing game in lieu of the running game and go deep and make big plays. And you know what? As good as Denver is, and they might have the best corners in the league, but you know what? You guys have three weapons on the outside, and mm-hmm. somebody's not getting double teamed. You can take Antonio Brown out of the game, but then you know what? Brown and Wheaton and up the middle, it, yes. You definitely have so, a chance. Let's go to the last game. And all four of the road oh, teams. The other reason why, oh, the other reason why you have a chance. Although, Denver's not scoring 30. <laughs> right? They're, they're not. Yes, this is not Denver can. two years Even ago. Though, they're not scoring But it's a great Denver defense, though. They're running away from you. Right, but the game will be close. That's the whole point. I agree. No, no, I definitely agree. We'll, we'll talk about that on Friday. Alex Smith, I don't think he gets enough love and enough respect uh, I mean, that 55-yard run that I think they got called back was ridiculous. The kid just wins. And what they did at Houston, um, that was a spanking. And, and I will say this. You hope that Macklin can play. I, I don't know if they released official word. 30 nothing. We, we win. I think Macklin's probably going to be out for next week. It looked bad. Um, but I will say Kansas City, 11 in a row, they've had one heck of a season, and I disagree with Bill O'Brien. I don't care what happened in practice this week. Just for the morale of the team, by the early part of the third quarter, because it was only 13 nothing at the half, when I got to 20, you have to pull Brian Hoyer. I'm sorry. To me, I, I, I had to put Wheaton in that game. That was the ugliest display of quarterbacking I've ever seen. The moment was too big for the kid. 15 for 34, 136 yards. He couldn't do anything. Four interceptions and a fumble, Ray. That was disgusting. And to me, I feel like, you know, the whole team kind of just deflated. And then J.J. gets hurt. It, it just was, it was bad. And Kudos to Nile Davis for the way he started off the game, 106 yards. That was insane. You leave the room, you come back, you're like, what happened? Thank goodness you can rewind TV nowadays, right? But, you know, it was just amazing. So that Kansas City defense is for real. Even though Alfred Blue had 99 yards, quiet as kept on 17 carries, which is promising, you know, because Forster will be back. But, you know, it's good to have a good backup. But um, Kansas City's for real, Ray. They are, and you said it absolutely that – Alex Smith, look, there's a reason why he was the number one overall pick, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps talking about how Aaron Rodgers was in the green room and he had to wait till whatever that was, 21, to be selected by the Green Bay Packers. But Alex Smith was the overall number one pick, and they were neck and neck. It just happened to be that many, many teams didn't need a quarterback that year. Well, if you knew what Aaron Rodgers would become, then you would have changed your mind. But nobody knows. And so this guy was the man in Utah, and frankly – he had a weird beginning to his career, right? He had something like seven offensive coordinators in eight years in San Francisco, and then he goes to Kansas City. And I thought San Francisco made the right move in going with Kaepernick because I thought they had a chance, and Kaepernick brought them to a Super Bowl and to an NFC Championship game, which they were very close to winning. 
So can't blame San Francisco for doing what they were doing, but got to give this kid more credit. And, and I've always knocked him and said he's just a game manager. He's not that good. But you know what? He's perfect he's for that Kansas City yeah. team. And he is good. He's very talented. He's a talented NFL quarterback. And he's not a top five, top ten quarterback. But you know what? Like you said, if it's all about winning, and that's the name of the game, Russell Wilson, Alex Smith, these guys win. These guys find yeah. ways to win. If you want to put them in the combine and you want to th- – they're not Even Jamarcus Cam Russell. Yeah. And, and, well, Cam Newton is more – Physically, you know, it's got the big Right, right. Arm. You're saying guys big. that are not so impressive. I'm just saying guys yeah, no, that, no. you know, yeah. you put them in the combine and you look at them and, and, and well, Alex just was the number one overall pick. But but you look at their, at their you know, uh, uh, you know, Andrew Luck is their a measurements specimen. and attributes. And, and yeah. Newton's a specimen. These guys are not specimens, but they win games. They figure out a way to win games with their feet, with their legs. They don't make mistakes. You have to beat them. They don't beat themselves. So, Definitely, and Andy Reid. You know what? He got kicked to the curb in Philadelphia. He he kind of wore out his welcome there, and he has done amazing. And when you lose Jamal Charles and you win ten in a row and just get to an NFC, you know, the divisional round with that, that defense, that defense, and he's an offensive guy. So you yes. know what? He needs to get credit too. This has been a great year. Listen, he, he if should... the Patriots, no, you're right. He should be up there, Coach of the Year. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely. Right. If if Edelman is not playing and there's still going to be question marks, we could have quite a game up there in Foxborough, Gillette Stadium next week. I'll say this: Peters, Barry, Tamba Lee, Houston, Derek Johnson, Sean, uh, Sean uh, Smith is back playing well. Watch out! Don't. This is one of these weird seasons, and Hank said it, and it's true. You know, you kind of feel like, oof, you don't know how the ball's going to bounce. Uh, don't sleep on Kansas City and some of those trick plays, and just you don't know. You can run on New England a little Macklin's bit, so you just don't deal, know. Though. If Macklin, yeah, no, nah, I think I'm, Macklin's too much. It's too much, but we'll we'll get into it on Friday. It's time for tonight. In a couple of minutes on ESPN, we lead into it. It's time to preview the twenty sixteen national championship between number two Alabama and number one Clemson. Roll tide against them Tigers. Forget Ray, about the I'm BCS, Sabbath. forget about the college football playoffs. Yes. This this would have been one versus two in any year in the past fifty years, right? <laughs> uh-uh. I, I think you're I think you're right on that one. I I'm gonna take a stab at this one first, man. We I I gotta admit I I, I I respected Clemson. I think they're great. I did not believe in them all year the way that I probably should have. I didn't doubt them, but I just, you know, I just always had some questions. But I did predict them to get, you know, to the Final Four, just not to this point. I thought Oklahoma would do it. But what we got going on tonight is can Clemson stay on the field and do their tempo so that Alabama cannot rotate those seven great defensive linemen? And can they get them tired? And can Deshaun Watson get help in the running game? You know, can, can Gallery can, 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 can Galleran help him to run the ball? Because Deshaun Watson, he cannot do it all by himself against Bama. He will get hit. He's smaller. And well, that's Gallman my had a one question. Well, had 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns, so he had a, quite a season in the ACC. Oh, he is without a doubt a beast. And, you know, he, he's had a ton of carries, 243 carries. He's legit. But Oklahoma slowed him down for a little bit, at least the first half. And I think he's not going up against an NFL defensive line like Alabama. And that's that's where things get a little bit different and I think Watson will have to be Superman for them to win this game. I don't think running the ball straight up at them is going to help. My main issue is Clemson's defense. It's better than what Alabama's really faced. I don't know, maybe better than Ole Miss. You know, they're up there. They're just as good as Florida, if not better. Clemson's got a real defense. But Shaq Lawson probably won't play. If he does, he'll have the brace on. He'll be hurt and playing hurt, and that's not okay. That's not enough. And I think in this game, you're going to go with uh, Coker, and he's going to you know, do what he needs to do. But at the end of the day, to me, 
I think it's going to be too much Henry. Now, he didn't have as many carries in the, in the semifinal, but I think coming for the chip <clears throat> and Coker won't turn it over, 17 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, I think that you're going to find a way that Henry winds up getting about 33 carries. He gives you a buck 15 and two touchdowns. And Alabama, the spread is seven. I don't think they're going to cover the spread. I might take the Tigers. It might be a little bit closer. But I think at the end of the day, Bama winds up kind of pulling away. And they might tie the spread. I think they wind up winning this game. I will say I'll say 33-27. Roll tied. National champion Saban takes away from Urban Meyer, the temporary crown of maybe best coach, and it comes back to Alabama. Remember, this, this class right here has not won a championship, and that hasn't happened in a while with the Saban class. So this class is hungry. They're like, we're not leaving here without a, without a ring, and they're revenging their loss last year. They're going to make it happen. Alabama wins 33-27, and they are the national champions. Roll so I, I can't disagree with you. I got to say, roll tide. <laughs> if Alabama, first let's say if Alabama wins, that makes four national championships for Nick Saban at Alabama, five overall, one behind Bear Bryant. You could argue that Bear Bryant, two or three of his are a little suspect where he lost mm-hmm. the last game. And read that article by our guy Richard Rothschild. It was fascinating. Um, he talked about if. Saban wins again, how he'll surpass Bear Bryant, even though technically Bear Bryant claims to have six championships. Saban did it in a harder era against better competition, going up one versus two. Remember, he played LSU. That was one versus oh, two. Oh, of course. And he, yeah. here it's one versus two. And, and, and the BCS system, if it does anything, it gets two really, really good teams playing each other, typically one versus two. So, But on the field, it's interesting. Dabo was a young assistant under – under Saban. And I think that Dabo and his team are going to be so set on stopping Derrick Henry that I don't think Derrick Henry is going to get uh, – is going to have a great game. You, you said like Ridley, Calvin Ridley. Him, yeah, you, well, you said you're going to give him 34 times. They're going to try. I think ultimately they might use him more as a decoy. I think he might only get the ball 20, 25 times. What did he get the ball? 43 mm. times in the um, – in the win over Michigan State, and that caller, our caller, our guy from uh, Atlanta, from Georgia, was saying how that's that's that's, that's cruel. That's cruel. You can't be running a twenty. No, he had that in the SEC times. championship. Remember, he was a decoy in the, the, the semifinal. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, you're right. You're right. It was in the NCC championship, yeah. right? It was it was the week before. So, I just feel that if you give Nick Saban time. And you you, you got to figure that he had that month to prepare. He probably pre- he had all three teams scouted out, right? And I just think the master has tricks up his sleeve. Dabo was an assistant. And Dabo's got his guys playing out of their mind, undefeated. Yeah. And you know what? They had a great season. But at the end of the day, like you said, Goldman and, and Deshaun Watson are used to wide-open football games. They're used to spreading teams out, being more athletic, being more talented, and I don't know that they do that against this defensive front seven, and specifically the defensive line. So they're going to cause some turnovers, and at the very least they're going to Alabama's going to mess up Clemson's timing, and they're going to hit them in the mouth early. And like you said, the best thing to happen or the worst thing to happen to Clemson, the best thing to happen to Alabama was taking that uh, that game last year in the semifinals a little too easy, that Ohio State game. And so they say to themselves, you know what, we've never won. This four-year crew has never won under Saban. We're going to get ourselves a national championship. Roll Tide. If you need a score, yeah, man, what's the score? Okay, I think I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I actually think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So I'll predict twenty-four, sixteen. 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 Twenty
twenty-four-sixteen Alabama. Wow, twenty-four-sixteen. That is pretty low for college football. Okay, well, back to one of our favorite segments. I'm sorry, where Ray and I apologize. You know, we, we we're old school. We like to write letters, so we 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 need to write a letter, an apology letter to a team or a player. And I'm gonna let Ray go first. Who are you man enough to say you're sorry to that you misjudged them or misjudged? So you know what? Them? Typically, it's a it's a player, a co team. Hmm. But I'm gonna say I'm sorry to a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Do you know what NFL playoff tickets cost these days? They Ouch. must cost between two hundred <laughs> and a thousand dollars a seat. If not more, depending on where you sit in the stadium. Easy. Yeah, it depends, yeah. And by the way, one game was played in minus seven degree weather. <laughs> That's in Minnesota. One game was played oh, in the pouring rain in the pouring Cincinnati. rain in Cincinnati. So there's about and let's say each stadium's about seventy thousand people or so. There's about two hundred and eighty thousand fans that paid about three, four, five hundred dollars a ticket. And they all went home sad. All the home teams lost. So for the first time in NFL history, on Wild Card Weekend, all four home teams lost. So I say I'm sorry to all of you fans who shelled out good money to see your home team play in Wild Card Weekend, and typically home teams are favored. So the only mm-hmm. exception, you know, may have been in that Houston game because you knew you were struggling a little bit. Kansas City was on a roll. Um, but even Washington probably thought that they had a really good chance to win. Well, the and Packers he, were favored. Steelers were favored, you know. These road teams true, were because favored, of injuries. Man. No, I should say that because of injuries. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. They, they were, but still, you know, you figure you've shelled out the money. You want to see your home team. And you go home with the loss. So I'm sorry to about 300,000 fans <laughs> who spent big money and saw their teams lose. Good luck next year, and I'm sorry about this year. That's great. Well, we got to keep it moving for NBA, some college hoops real quick, so I'm going to say it pretty simple. I'm sorry to Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, James Starks, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, even the injured Sam Shields, the whole Packer organization, James Jones, Richard Rodgers, Devontae Adams. I did not think you could beat the Redskins. I was ready to speak of your demise. I know that Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, as my man Stephen A. says, and I I kind of was sleeping. I thought that what I saw in Arizona was kind of like the end of, of, of the rain and Mike McCarthy could be on the hot seat. Now, all this still could be kind of true, but what I saw this weekend, and I know Hank said it's against the Redskins and that defense, but I still think when you get your confidence and swag, even if you do it against a lesser team, the confidence can have you do it against a better team. And I really think... Next week, I might have a different pick. I think they're going to come to Arizona, and we might have a classic, classic divisional weekend and a great game. So I apologize, and I think Eddie Lacy and the Packers running for 141, they might not get that next week, but they got it this week. So I am sorry. I slept on you all. What I'm not sorry about is the NBA 35-2, and two, Golden State Warriors keep rolling. Did you see what your boy did the other night? Stephen Curry, 38, like 11 or 15 assists, and how many uh, rebounds and this and that. I mean, Ray, he is having – he's averaging 29 and change a game. It's a complete MVP season. This kid is so on fire right now, and the Warriors themselves are just unstoppable. And remember we asked that question, would the Warriors lose more games than the Sixers would win? And right now, man, the Warriors have two, and the Sixers have four wins. That in itself is incredible. So to me, that's still the main topic. But i got to ask you, you've been there to the Barclays Center, 
Your boy Pokorov is, is making changes. What did you think about Billy King shifting, I guess, to wherever he's going to positions, and they fired our man, Lionel Hollins. What's happening in Brooklyn, Ray? Tell me. They gambled three years ago. Mm. Gave up all of gave up. Now the NBA, Everything. thank God, thank God that the NBA enforces like you like parents enforces some discipline on you and says that you can't trade consecutive first round picks or in consecutive years. <laughs> so otherwise, yep. the Nets would be the Sixers. But they went for it and brought in the Boston Big Three. Ugh. They brought in Garnett, Pierce, and uh, uh, Terry, Jason Terry. And it backfired. And before that, though, even Darren Williams was a bust. Darren, and they brought in and him, you know Lopez, what? and Joe Johnson. Yeah. And Joe Johnson. <clears throat> and if you think about it, this might just be the worst case of bad luck ever. Oof. Because if you think about it, those might be, especially dollar for dollar, those yeah. might be the worst, most disappointing, most underachieving NBA free oh. agent signings in history. Derek right. Williams talked his way out of Utah and got the money in New Jersey and has done nothing. Had one and a half good years, and that's it. Joe Johnson. Now he's in Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Joe's been and good. Joe's been Joe's good. Been he's not been good exceptional. For the money. Yeah. Joe Johnson no, 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 was you're right. haunting, you know, like he was the next Kobe Bryant in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> he had that great beginning of his career. With, with He started in Boston, then went play with Nash a little bit, and then signed for big money, and really his shoulders can't handle the Nets. And Brooke Lopez has never really gotten paid like a, you know, Shaq-type superstar, Yao Ming, Dwight Howard, but he's also been disappointing. And a lot of well, he doesn't injury, stay healthy. Right, a lot and of he just scores. And, and yeah. exactly, and he doesn't, and he doesn't rebound. But no he defense, play your no rebounding. But, so you know what? I like Billy King. I met him. I think he's a smart guy. Yeah. Duke, he knows his basketball. That's why I guess the organization kept him. But you know, at, at the end of the day, like they always say, it's easier to get rid of one than it is to but get rid of the But where do they go team. from here? I don't know, but they you... have to change. You have to change. Okay. You have to blow up but, that but roster. Is it trading? But is it trading these guys before the deadline, like Young or Lopez or Johnson, to sort of get young talent and to try to get some picks back? I mean, you've got to make a move, right? You, you would think right now move. the L.A. Clippers would love Joe Johnson on their wing. Can they afford him, though? I don't know how that, that, that would work from a salary cap perspective because his number's huge. He's like $18, 20000000 million or something like that. So – if you can, absolutely get rid of Joe Johnson. Yeah. Get pennies on the dollar. The Grizzlies, you know what? the Rockets, it's, the Mavs. I mean, you got to go somewhere. It's better to be a Sixer fan right now than it is to be a Nets fan. I got to think the Sixers have oh, a much far. brighter future than the Nets. The Nets. Well, even the nothing. Denver Nuggets do. I think the Nuggets do with their yeah, some the of the Nets young players, or nothing. even Portland. I mean, there's nothing to be excited about if you're a New Jersey Nets fan. Uh, New Jersey Nets. Maybe if they move nah, back to Brooklyn. Jersey. If you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, nothing. <laughs> well, how about giving our Knicks some props? They're finally, you know, close to 500, 19 and 20. That Spurs loss was a rough one. They played a great game. But they also beat the Heat and the Hawks in the last couple of games. So, you know, look, they're they're right there. You know, behind Boston, they're in the tenth seed, but you know, nineteen and twenty, they're just like a you know a game, a game and a half out. So I think kudos to them. Cleveland keeps winning, the Spurs keep winning, but I want to ask you because of what Curry's doing, are we forgetting about a gentleman by the name of Russell Westbrook, fifth in scoring at over twenty-five a game, fourth in assists uh, at nine point whatever, first in first steals. steals. First in steals, and he's averaging basically seven rebounds, 6.9 rebounds a game. And it's not like he's just on a team by himself. He has Durant and a ton of other talent. I mean, Ray, those type of stats, he is – Russell Westbrook's amazing. He really 27, is. 27-9-7? And, and and 25-9-7? That's crazy. He might go down. These two years that he's played – Oh, now, yes. Steph Curry might win the MVP both years. But you could argue but. <laughs> that last year, 
Russell Westbrook had a better season than Steph Curry and James Harden, who we both thought should have won the MVP. It's just that Russell, West, Russell Westbrook's team finished ninth, and also he was hurt. And he really missed a bunch of games, yeah. 60, yeah, I think he played 67 games yeah. or something like that. But when he You're was right. on the court, he was more dominant than the MVP and Anybody. the other guy that we thought should have won the MVP. So <laughs> and LeBron and his year. mama. <laughs> yeah, that's last year. And this year is just as well, just as well and he's got the yeah. number three record in the West and number four overall. Yeah. So this guy, quiet, I mean, can it, can Russell Westbrook be quiet? But quiet is kept. He's having, he's putting together the back-to-back seasons that he could have been both seasons the MVP. Do you know what's fascinating? When our children get older and they look back in the stats on, on Google or wherever, they're going to be like, wait a minute, how, how come this guy's not got five MVPs? This is how good this player is. And people will even laugh at, oh, you know, he you know, is the second man, that he's sort of like Batman and Robin. He's, I, I call him Superman and Batman because he's nobody's Robin. You know what I mean? No, and honestly... Westbrook, I wouldn't be mad if he left OKC, even if Durant stayed, to sort of go be the number one somewhere else and then see if he can get a two with him. Because not that Durant holds him back, but the criticism and just the wanting to be whatever. Like, you know, look, nine assists is nothing to sneeze at. So he's, he's, he's a point guard, but he's just so dynamic. I mean, I can't even fathom that you're getting 25 and a half a game, nine assists, two whatever steals, and then seven rebounds? You know what he is? You know what he is? <laughs> he's our generation's Oscar Robertson. He is say. He's much more athletic, but in terms of his production, yeah. he's a guy that let's say – you know, let's say in 10 years he retires, and if somebody, a young kid, starts watching the game, let's say three, four, five years after that, he's going to look back, and just like we do with Oscar Robertson, and he's going to say, wow, I missed this guy, Russell Westbrook. But yeah, from what all Thomas are telling me, <laughs> this guy is nice. This guy was unbelievable. <laughs> and, and you know what? Oscar only won that one championship with Kareem. So the Lou Alcindor, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, That's right. Yeah, this guy's great. So let's 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 break down this top ten real quick before the show ends. Wow, you were so right. Kansas won. Oklahoma with the loss, but then the win. You know, and you lose in three overtimes at Kansas. That's not a big deal. So they stay number two. My Maryland Terps had a good win. They're at three. That's the same. Michigan State's back up a little bit. They're at four. Our Tar Heels. They they beat Syracuse in a good game, some good play by Hicks and and, and by the way, real quick, some of the boys. I did some research. Tom Coughlin, funny story. Tom Coughlin, his resident assistant R A at Syracuse Uh-oh. was Jim Beheim. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> that he is was a, great. He was a halfback on the football team, and Jim Beheim on the basketball team also was his R A. Uh-huh. That is classic. I love it. Okay, Virginia at six. I'm sorry, Villanova at six. Virginia lost twice this week, so they dropped down far. Xavier seven. Miami. Wow, Miami's doing it. Surprisingly, at eight. Dukey at nine. That kid, Brandon Ingram Ray, is the truth. And at yeah, ten, an undefeated. Yeah, an undefeated SMU. Well, I want to ask you about this SMU team. Now, Virginia did drop all the way down to 13, but SMU and South Carolina – the still, you know, undefeated teams. What are your thoughts about uh, them, and and where they're going to go? Because at fifteen and zero, look, South Carolina, the SEC is not going to be totally soft because they got to play LSU, Kentucky, and Texas A and M, so they'll be tested. But at fifteen and zero, should they be ranked higher than nineteen? I mean, that's that's pretty good, fifteen and zero. <laughs> yeah, I I gotta say. Um... You know, the SEC has been – by the way, John Calipari, they keep talking about him going back to the Nets, uh, speaking of the SEC uh, coaches. But well, that yeah. SEC has been tough to judge because it's really been, for the last five, six years, ever top since Calipari's heavy, yeah. gotten there, it's, it's been top-heavy, and it's really Kentucky and everybody else. Yeah, so the good thing is else, we're, yeah. we're, we're early January. They still have the full SEC schedule to play. But, yeah, I mean, a, a 15-0 South Carolina team is only ranked number 19. And, by the way, a 15-0 SMU team is only ranked uh, number 10. So you've got several two-loss teams ahead of you, but 
It's early. I, I don't get as worked up in college basketball as college football because you know it'll no, play itself out. because they all make the tournament. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, all these top 25 teams will be in there. I mean, even at 25, Gonzaga's in the tournament, Purdue's in it. So, either way, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. we got a couple of good games and college hoops coming up this week. You know, tomorrow there should be some great action and some, you know, ranked opponents going at it. Obviously, you know, you, you wonder – if, you know, Florida, Texas A&M could be a, a good matchup. Um, Kansas gets the battle against West Virginia, who's, you know, number one against number 11. So the Big 12 right now is the cream of the crop, Ray. So this is a big week for West Virginia playing Kansas and Oklahoma. So it, a lot of things will be figured out, you know, and um, those rivalries will start happening, you know. Duke plays Virginia. There should be some good games there. ACC hoops look like they're back. And the Big Ten's solid again, too. You know, and so we well, we have you know a lot of fun. You know what time it is. You know what we're talking about college Listen, basketball. But you know what time it is right now. It's college football time, baby. Football time. Last game Listen. of the season. Roll Woo, enjoy it. We both have Alabama. That's who we picked. We're sticking to it. Enjoy it. We'll be back Friday. We'll review the game, talk about how right or wrong we were. And I'll just say this. Don't sleep on Deshaun Watson. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay, I'm just Have a great do week. It for, do it for Clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, do it for the Watson family. <laughs> but I think the tide will roll. So we'll see you on Friday. Enjoy the sports week and uh, keep up with us at Twitter at Ray and Tate today. And check out the website, RayandTate.com. Enjoy the game. See ya. Peace.